Okay, hi everybody, this is A7X Fan Ben. Welcome to episode number 6 of the Pirate CSG podcast. Today we're going to do a set review of Crimson Coast. This was the second set uh, in the Pirate CSG series. It came out in 2005. It's one of the most popular sets. It got a lot of favorite votes in the survey that I ran, and it didn't get many votes for least favorite survey. So overall, it's a really cool set. It has a lot of parody. There's not a lot of like really bad or amazingly good game pieces. It's just a really strong set overall. And uh, without further ado, we're going to get into it. So instead of um, doing like saying all the stats and abilities for each ship, like we did in the Spanish main set review, um, we're just going to... We're just going to go through each one, so if you want to follow along with us, if you don't know what the ships and stats are, you can go to miniaturetrading.com, and then at the top you're going to hit main menu, and then you're going to go to trades, and then you're going to go to search for a miniature, or you can just go to the Pirate CSG homepage, and then you're going to click on the game Pirate CSG, and then it'll show the different expansions for the game, all the different sets, so you can click on Pirates of the Crimson Coast, and then... To get it in the order that we're going to do it in, you can click on the number sign on the top left, and that'll sort it by number, and then you can hit extended format, and then that will show you all the stats and abilities of the ships all on one page, so you don't have to click each one individually. So I'm going to start it off with the Deliverance. This is a ship I think is pretty good. Uh, the Ghost Ship keyword is kind of overpriced. It does It's not a hugely beneficial ability, but it's a pretty good ship overall. I like the speed, but it's, it's not... A fantastic ship um, for that point cost, but it's still one of the fastest five masters in the game, and that speed alone makes it a pretty good ship. Mm -hmm. I'm chiming in here now. Um, I think pretty much the same thing, a bit too expensive, not quite capable enough in any one field to be uh, to be one I'd pick. I'd say Ghost Ship is probably better on smaller ships. Yeah. Mm hmm all right, and then I'll start La Victoire, number two. Uh, I mean, having a look at this with the faction bonus, I think to myself, or it's not a faction bonus, you know. Mm -hmm. It's an international crew option. Uh, it's got good hold space and armament, but uh, there aren't really enough really good French crew abilities for this to be uh, kind of a standout. Yeah. Uh, I think, I actually, this is one of my favorite Five Masters, but mostly because of the cargo space. I just love ships mm -hmm. with a lot of cargo. So I think it's a really yeah. great hybrid. I don't think the ability um, is one of the standout things on the ship. Because like you said, I mean, the French don't have, they have pretty good name crew, but the pirates have almost everything they have already. So they don't really need the ability. But I think between the cargo space, the cost, and the guns, I think it's a really good hybrid ship. And it's actually one of my favorite pirate ships overall. Yeah, and I've just realized something quick to add on to it. It's quite similar to Roanoke, but it gets better guns front and back for one point more. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and similar is, ability, it too. It is a similar ship, yeah, same cargo and everything. Okay, so the next ship is the Ranger. This one I'm not a big fan of. I think it's kind of a boring ship, pretty much average in most categories. Um, mm -hmm. Broadside's attack is not usually a good ship, a uh, good ability to have on a ship, but it drives the point cost up pretty high here. So it's not really worth it as a gunship. There's much better options. Like, for example, for the Victoire, you get, um, for the same point cost, you get more cargo, more guns, and better guns. So it's not that great of a ship. Mm, the only thing it's got going is Broadside's attack and a better base move. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I struggle to see really good purpose for this. Maybe Joe Card and Hammersmith might be an okay combo, but yeah. you could almost say the same about any pirate ship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'll start Eagle. Uh, 
So it is nice and cheap. It's got an okay move. It's reasonably well armed. Um, I like this overall. I see it as a really good sort of intermediate option. Not amazing, but quite a lot for your points. Yeah. Yeah, this is a really... I think it's a really strong pirate ship. Uh, it's actually probably one of their best four masters because you get you get really good stats in all categories except for speed for mm-hmm. uh, single digit point costs, which almost all four masters are at least ten points or more, of course. And this one has a negative ability, which drives the cost down. So yeah, it's probably one of the better hybrids out there in general, especially on the budget side of things. Yep, exactly. Uh, the Cassandra, this one. Uh, I'm actually using this in my current campaigning, uh, Command the Oceans, which you can find at uh, Miniature Trading, Board Game Geek, and Pojo, the Battle Reports. I'm really excited about the game. But the Pirates actually started this, the game with this ship, and they've done pretty well for themselves. And this is one of the one of the big reasons why. It has a lot of cargo, good speed. It, people might not like it a lot because the Eagle, uh, you get better guns um, for less points. But the Cassandra is more of a more of a durable gold runner, in my opinion. It has a nice spying ability. Uh, so it could be a pretty good ship to raid enemy gold runners with, but overall it's a pretty good, pretty strong option as like a gold runner with uh, a decent armament in terms of gold runners and also uh, really durable too. Mm-hmm. And going by the mix of the ability, the speed, the size, and the cargo hold, I'd say it would also make a competent border. Yep. Um, although uh, I might set this up with, say, a Helmsman and Revolution Devereaux, mm-hmm. which increases its spying abilities, but also makes it a really good home island raider. Yeah, that's a good point. Arabella is the next one we'll be doing. Uh, very similar to Cassandra, or Cassandra, however it's pronounced. Slightly better guns. Um, I think it's a little bit too middle of the road, considering that Eagle is also in the set, and it's just overall kind of an inferior ship. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Arabella. This is kind of a forgotten about ship, but for good reason. Um, it's not, yeah, like, the, it doesn't stand out like the Eagle and the Cassandra do. Like, the Eagle is really cheap and gives you good all-around stats. Cassandra has a big cargo hold, and it is a nice gold runner. But Arabella doesn't really have anything. She only has four cargo, which is okay, but she doesn't really have anything that makes her stand out. So it's not a, not a great ship, really. Mm-hmm. And then La Morte de Yarborough. This one is pretty solid. The ability is definitely a good offensive ability. I like that two L gun at the front. It makes the armament pretty solid. It's not a, it's not going to be one of the best uh, mid-sized gunships in the game, and it's definitely not um, a great hybrid. But I think it can be a kind of an underrated support gunship, and or a little bit of a hybrid. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's nothing really special for. For its point cost, but if say this was something you pulled out of your first pack, this would be a viable, usable ship. Yep, absolutely. So Santiago is it doesn't have an ability that matches its guns. It's got an offensive ability that just doesn't match. Yeah, uh, it's not very fast. It's not all that cheap. I guess it's got cargo space, but it's just too unfocused and too expensive. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of this, and especially the the pirates got a uh, Capitaine Cheval in uh, the Pirates mm-hmm. of the Caribbean expansion, where they got a crew with this ability, so you can put mm-hmm. him on any uh, any ship if you want. So this, yeah, like you said, the ability and the guns are totally at odds with each other, and other than that, uh, there's nothing really to get excited about. Yep. And then the Amity, this one is really cool. Mm-hmm. 
It's based on a historical ship, which also showed up in uh, Fire and Steel. This one's a good gold runner, has the ghost ship keyword, which is neat, and then it has a lot of cargo and a lot of speed. The guns are almost as bad as they can get uh, before the Corsairs showed up, so it's definitely not a combat ship whatsoever, but that's totally fine because it, it's a really quite a good gold runner. I would agree. I I think this is obviously a gold runner, and it's a well-focused one. And like I mentioned, Ghost Ship is better on a smaller ship. This is being a mid-sized ship is an ideal candidate. Uh, you could either use this as a really quick but also hard-to-hit hard to gold runner. Maybe with those abilities, it might also make a good home island raider. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And uh, Treasure is the next one. Uh, kind of a niche ability, not great cargo space. I'd say this is potentially a very good uh, offensive ship if you know you're going up against somebody who's got a lot of forts. But even then, there are probably better multi-purpose options for cheaper. Uh, I get the feeling that this is not as good as specialized ships get. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I like it overall as a ship. I think it would be perfect at maybe like 11 points. But I yeah. think it's, it's a or little, yeah, it's a little expensive for what you get. But I still like the ship overall. Um, the mm-hmm. next one, Adventure. This is actually one of my favorite ships in the set as well. Um, similar to the Eagle, it has it costs nine points, five cargo spaces, L base move. Um, it has average cannons, and then it gets plus one to boarding rolls in addition to schooner. So overall, it's a pretty nice package. Similar to Eagle, I would say it's one of the one of the nicer hybrids out there, um, and people looking for a good cheap option that can do whatever they want. Um, this ship can definitely be multi-purpose. Mm-hmm. Just throw a crew like Hammersmith on board, and I'd okay. say you've got yourself a really good, kind of cheap, but all-around solid ship. Although, my only complaint is it's probably a little bit slow. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see, after Adventure comes Gilded Monkey. Now, Gilded Monkey is a really strange ship. It's got yeah. uneven armament. Uh, I mean, it's a home island raider, but it's not fast. It's not super well armed, or it just seems like another one of those ships that's made a little bit too expensive because it's got a good ability. Yeah, yeah, this one's it's interesting because it's kind of strange. Um, once again, kind of like the Morte de Yarborough, um, kind of like in like a hybrid that might be able to surprise some people, but definitely not uh, one of the best ships the pirates have. It's it's a little slow to take advantage of the ability. And uh, the armament and the cargo hold are both a little bit lacking to be like a specialized gunship or a gold runner. So, mm-hmm. uh, the Duke is next. Uh, this one, this one is really expensive because of the ability. Outrange cans cannot hit this ship. Uh, other than that, um, it's pretty average except for the speed is really good at S plus L. So this one is pretty good as like a, as a gold run or sorry as a gunship that's pretty fast and has a nice defensive ability. Um, but you can you can find better options for 15 points. But it's it's a pretty solid ship. Has two standout qualities: the ability and speed. But other than that, it's uh it's not the best gunship in the world. Yeah, um, it's reasonably quick. It's not especially well armed. Um, I'd say that I want to compare it to a ship like Signet mm-hmm. from Fire and Steel because yeah. it's kind of the same thing, but it's a more expensive version with slightly worse armament, although this, because of its speed, may still have its own use. Yeah. Yeah, its own niche. Uh, next is Charles. Um, uh, he, 
it's not quite a good multi-purpose ship because its base stats aren't quite good enough to, for its uh, for its ability to accentuate them well. Yeah, yeah. This one I would usually put a captain helmsman on. Uh, you would have reasonable guns and speed and cargo, but for fourteen mm-hmm. points, you could get the eagle um, for the same point cost and have a better, a much better overall ship. So, kind mm-hmm. of kind of lackluster. Yep. Uh, the Agreed. Bond- yeah, sorry, what were you going to say? Agreed. Yeah. Uh, the Bonnie Liz, this one's one of the best uh, gold runners in the game. Uh, amazing uh, cargo and speed for a two-master. I mean, well, the, the speed's quite good. It's not, like, the best ever, but... And then the ability doesn't really matter. English crew can use their abilities, but the, the pirates don't need that because they have such great named crew. This one I usually kind of pair. Um, in terms of familiarity, I usually pair it with the, the Bloody Jewel, which is a similar ship. Um from Revolution that basically is the same thing almost that just costs two points less because it has like a negative ability. But even though this one's more expensive, it's still a great gold runner. I would usually put a, uh, a helmsman and or an explorer on and just send her out to get a lot of gold. Personally, um, I, I would like to contest that where you said that it's not that important for English crew because I've thought that putting, I think, Rise of the Fiends, Hermione Gold, and Trevor Van Tyne on this ship, because they're linked, it'll give you, you know, SSL move. Yeah. It'll leave you with four cargo spaces, but also kind of a decent three mass firepower for 15 points total. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good combo. Yeah, it's like it's basically a three-mast uh, multi-purpose ship with that combo, but with a little bit less durability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. And um, next, I'll bring up Royal James. I mean, it is a. I I suppose it's. I was initially judging it as, oh, this should be a multi-purpose ship. Not really. It's no. more of a specialized two-mast gunship, and. Yeah. In that role, it's actually pretty well-balanced between point cost, move, and armament. Yeah. Yeah, I love ships like this. They're, they look cool. They have that nice classic pirate feel. And then just there's, for me, personally, there's nothing to complain about because you get two good abilities, a nice offense ability that uh, complements the guns well. The speed is good enough to catch enemy ships with it. And that has just enough cargo to put a captain and helmsman aboard, or maybe just the captain keep the speed the same and then have some room for gold if you wanted to do like a little bit of rating on the side. So this is one of my mm-hmm. favorite like two masted pirate ships overall. And it kind of reminds me of some of the other ones like, uh, like the executioner, the Panda the Royal James, kind of those early classic, like small pirate gunships that are pretty actually, actually pretty good for the point cost. Mm-hmm. And then Raven, uh, this one, uh, this one is actually one of my first ships. I pulled it from a CC pack back when the set was still in stores. Uh, it's a really great one. It's even better than the Royal James because it's a better hybrid. You could put a captain aboard and then still have three, three spaces open for coins. So it's a very versatile and very good two-masted ship. Sometimes the 10-point cost will be a little much to add it to your to your fleet, but it's it's still quite a good ship. Mm-hmm. I'd say the ability is probably not quite as useful, but yeah. for those extra two points, you're getting yourself more cargo space and a better base move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a very worthy ship. Mm-hmm. Um, Rover is next. Uh, I'm going to say just kind of no, because she's too cheap to put any crew on. 
So you've really got to make her a gold runner, but she's not got enough space to make that viable. Yeah. Doubly so with the negative ability. Yeah. Yeah, this one is really good, mostly because of the cost, because you can just throw it in. Similar to the mermaid, which we'll see in a second. Um, mm-hmm. For two points, I mean, it's super easy to just toss it in at the end. And I've I've used this ship a lot in that sort of role. And she usually does pretty well, because she's so small and so cheap that enemies don't really care about her. And then she can usually get a coin or two, um, which can really help. For, for two points, it's pretty good. And then, if you want to leave her at your home island, you could have, like, the Hag of Tortuga aboard or whatever. And then you mm-hmm. still have a 2L gun to defend yourself with, which is pretty good for a for a ship that costs two points. Mm-hmm. And then Fancy is the next one. Um, I'm using this in my campaign game, too. And uh, this one I like. I've used this one a bunch uh, since acquiring her in the past, within the past like year and a half or two years. has a nice sniping ability. The two ways I usually use this one are either empty as a gold runner, um, in which case the pirates obviously have better options, like the Bloody Jewel for just one point more. Um, but she's pretty she's pretty solid for five points, two card spaces, and SL move. It's not a bad deal. Or put a captain aboard and then um, go hunting for enemy ships and try to snipe them from that extra range, which is fun to do. Yeah, I, I'd probably use it with maybe captain, and if you can use it to reroll a cannoneer. Yeah. Because then that would give you an extra chance each turn at landing one of those super long-range hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good, good way to harry people from a distance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, next would be Mermaid. And eh, cheap, but not enough cargo space to make use of her, uh, make, make good use of her move. Yeah, I think it's almost, it's very similar to the rover, just throw her out. Um, like at the end of your build total, two points left over. It's a really great ship to have. Um, LL move for two points. I mean, even with zero cargo, you'd have a decent like ramming pest, which could uh, like eliminate enemy crew and eliminate mass with ramming and things like that. And then you you actually put a cargo space on. It's a pretty good gold runner. Once again, or just like use it as uh, an exploring ship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just throw it out there, and the speed will help you a lot. And then you can get coins really fast with it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skepter, this one, unlike the other three Pirate One Masters from this set, this one is not very good. Uh, that ability is a huge, um, just has a huge point cost attached to it, and that's why it's so expensive. Um, I haven't really used these ships very much, uh, to great effect. I may try to sometime in a big game, uh, but other than, like, a gigantic game when it's surrounded by, like, a ton of other ships that can protect it and get the bonus... Um, the ship is almost never worth using, pretty much. Yep, agreed. It's just one of those ships that whiz kids drop the ball on. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Flores, we're getting into the crew now. Um, Bronze-size attack was never quite that great, but this is not the most expensive of the crew that I've seen with this ability, so I'd say he's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't used him a ton. I might use him on a ship... Um like the Raven or the Royal James, and then you could uh, you could essentially add 50% damage output with that extra hit on a two-master, and then you'd mm-hmm. have... I like... Broadside's attack I like on ships with two S guns, because you don't have to shorten the range if it's a long-range cannon, and the rank is already pretty good, so you have a two-thirds chance of hitting with all ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next one, Crimson Angel. This one gives extra action for six points when it normally costs five, um, so not a great deal. Um, this crew would be quite popular, I think, if 
the OE version didn't exist, which is a much better version of the same crew. Um, so this one, this version is actually pretty forgotten about by this point. Mm -hmm. Might have been more popular if it had a link, maybe, but not one. Um, Havana Black, uh, sad captain with a link. So overall, something you can consider pretty viable. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Blackheart, one of the best, pretty much one of the best pirate name crew in the game. Um, Mm -hmm. Jack Hawkins. Uh, this guy gets a little bit of a discount, kind of like other pirate crew. SAT and crew can't be eliminated for six points. Other crew with those abilities usually cost seven, uh, which is pretty typical for the pirates. They get uh, named crew for less points than other factions sometimes. Uh, but overall, an amazing uh, version of him. He has a ton of different versions, like four or maybe even five. But this one is one of the best and arguably the best one because he gives two great abilities that are really useful, especially on, like, a big gunship, he would be really useful. Yeah, to give some context, um, I think maybe it's OE, uh, yeah, Ocean's Edge, uh, Montana Maze, has basically the exact same abilities, mm-hmm. but he's one point more expensive. Yep, exactly. Yep. El Fantasma, uh, they changed his name for this set only, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, you can probably start this one because my computer's having a, uh, a small moment. Yeah, this one, I like this one. You get a home island raider, but then if it's eliminated, you place it on your home island for just one point more. It's a nice little add-on at the end of the ability. Um, it's a pretty good crew overall. If It's thematic for the pirates. Similar to Crimson Angel, this one is overshadowed by his other versions, which were cursed. We'll get to those in the other set reviews. But this version is pretty good, and this was the last of two pirate versions of Phantasma. Yeah, I've found that, I mean, that ability only exists on him, but it's not a particularly special ability. It's kind of like Eternal, but it only applies to him. Kind of dumb. Um, Hag of Tortuga is one of those uh, five-point build boosters. What do you think of those as an addition to the game? Um, I mean, they're, they're so good and so useful that they've become a huge staple, especially in, like, competitive play. Uh, like, if you mm-hmm. don't have one, you're going to be at a disadvantage. I think they probably shouldn't have done it, though. I think mm-hmm. it's too good. Um, and 5 out of 40 points adds, like, a pretty decent percentage. Um, it's, like, 12.5% or whatever more points, which I think is too much. Um, uh, yeah, like, I, I feel like they're unbalanced. And it depends on, like, your collection. Like, if you have one your opponent doesn't, um, probably shouldn't use one because it is almost, like, unfair even if it's legal. Mm-hmm. And then and then you get into a little bit of weirdness with the ransom keyword, which is, I, I think it's a good keyword they added, but um, it gets pretty confusing. There's a lot of pirate code stuff on it, and some of the interactions with that keyword are pretty weird and a little bit confusing. Um, so I think they it, it probably wasn't the best addition to the game, but it happened so early on, and they're such good crew that they inevitably became a staple, and they're not going anywhere at this point because they're that good. Mm-hmm. This stump, how about? Oh, yep. Uh, this one, I never really used a crew like this. Almost never. Um, it's like a two-point reducer crew. Um, it's basically extremely situational. So you Yeah, you've got to have like three or more yeah. crew on the same ship. Yeah, and then the point cost has to like not work out. And then if you add him, if you have cargo space to add him, then it might work out. Um, yeah. Basically, it almost never happens. But once in a great while, you'll find... You'll find an example of it, um, but yeah, nothing I would use consistently. 
Mm -hmm. We'll come up on a similar crew to that that I'd argue gets more uh, more use out of it because there's kind of more cheesing abilities you can do with it. But I'll do Le Rikin, which is uh, it's just a standard three-point sad crew. Pretty useful. Yeah, yeah, definitely a great crew. Uh, Jonah, mm -hmm. this one mm -hmm. is the... Yeah. This one is a weird one. It's the zero point reducer. So um, crew placed on the ship cost no points, but they always each take up one cargo space. This one, uh, I think they had good intentions with these crew. Um, unfortunately, people completely messed up the ability to an extreme degree that totally has confused people for uh, you know over a decade now. Honestly, people still get it wrong all the time. Um, you see people on the forum about it or in the fleet section, they might build a fleet and they think it's 30 points, but it's really 55 because they thought this meant that they could get a ton of free crew on the ship. And then even then, after they discovered that that's not the case, um, they try to exploit um, the cargo space thing. So they put it on like a, like a treasure ship, like the Bauchuan or whatever. So then they try to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was a great addition to the game just because it's not really WizKid's fault. It's just... It confused so many players like so many times with the rules. That it's just the headache. Well, wording was always kind of a difficulty with uh, with the rules of this game. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is it's kind of a hard crew to understand and use. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd also say one with really tremendous potential. Yeah. Less situational than uh, something like the stump either. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Bloody Jake. Yeah, plus one to boarding rolls uh, for three points is a little bit expensive. Uh, I believe, uh, I, I want to say Jenny's Red Rampage yep. had it for two points in Spanish Main, and exactly. they both have links, so you don't really have any excuse to use this one. Yeah, exactly. Yep, and we talked. I talked on the other podcast about how I think it's overrated, but yeah, two points is the right cost. So it got even worse, and Barry Coasty cost four, which is just insane, so... Yeah, but at least he was a promotional crew there instead of standard pack fare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the one, mm. next one, Maurice Aristide. This one is one of the best uh, crew in the game. We saw this in this SM set review with uh, Jenny Gallows. Um, plus two to yeah. a coin when unloaded your home island. This could easily cost five, six, or even seven points, and it would still see usage because it's a game-winning ability like I already talked about on another podcast. Yeah. Uh, the addition of a link, regardless of how useful it is, does make this crew extra viable, I think. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, I personally have a little experience with these, but I'm sure at some point I'll use one or, or something like a Silver Explorer, which you could almost consider it's a, uh, a sort of sister crew to it. But yeah, either way, similar. yeah. Uh, Dead Man's Point. Yeah, I really works. haven't used forts all that often. I love forts. Yeah, uh, strikes me as a good combination of armament and ability overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a good fort. Um, almost all the forts are pretty good for the for the cost you pay to set them up. This one has the cargo wrecking ability, which is really amazing. Um, the number of guns and the the accuracy of them is pretty average for a fort, but the ability makes it stand out and makes it pretty awesome. Um, mm -hmm. Now we're into the English, my favorite faction, HMS Goliath. This one is a pretty average five master. Nothing really stands out. I'd say maybe the best attribute is the cargo space because you can make it like kind of like a big, slow hybrid a little bit, but it's definitely not one of the more interesting or one of the better five masters England got. 
Mm-hmm. Nothing super exciting. I'd say uh, maybe a uh, Rise of the Fiends Thomas gun on board, mm-hmm. and you get yourself a uh, a pretty solid, big, durable, multi-purpose ship, but there's probably better stuff for that. Yeah. Yep. HMS Viceroy is next, and... I don't know. Looks pretty average. It's yeah. got an okay ability, but aside from that, it's just eh. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I actually think this ship is pretty boring. I'm not a huge fan. It's funny though. Um, the ship is playing like a big role in my Command the Oceans campaign game. I'm about to write a battle report later tonight. So if you're listening to the podcast and you want to see this ship in action, um, things got pretty interesting with uh, HMS Viceroy in my game today. But anyway, so I'll continue HMS London. The the English actually launched her today in my game. Um, This one is an amazing gunship. 11 points gets you really good cannons and uh, a good base move for a four-masted gunship. Uh, The ability is pretty much irrelevant. It doesn't make the ship any better. But luckily, it's a cheap one, too, so it doesn't drive the cost up unnecessarily, like a broadside attack on like a ship with rank 3 guns. Uh, But HMS London, overall, the bang for your buck is... Um, almost as good. Off the charts. Yeah, exactly. Almost as good as you'll ever find on any four master, with only competition being like the Gallows and maybe like the Franklin. So, mm-hmm. HMS London is one of the best four masters released because you've got top tier firepower, you've got a uh, good cargo space, you've got okay move, uh, very low cost. The ability is kind of irrelevant because of how situational it is. But even if you took that off, you'd still be looking at an amazing ship. Yep, exactly. Yeah, HMS London, if it's not on your want list, probably should be on it if you don't have it already. Um, HMS Ajax, uh, I mean, it looks like it's supposed to be kind of a multi-purpose thing. And I guess it is one, but it's not a competitive multi-purpose three master because its guns aren't accurate enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this ship isn't one of my favorites. Um, I've used her a handful of times the past couple of years or whatever, but yeah, nothing stands out too much. Um, I'm thinking if it didn't have broadside attack, it would be eight or nine points, in which case you would have more options with it, but oh well. Mm-hmm. Um, HMS Lord Linaton, or however you pronounce it. Um, this one is like, uh, it's weird. I, uh, it's tough to use it effectively, basically. It doesn't really have the cargo to take full advantage of the home island rating ability. And then the guns, though, scream for, like, a cap- yeah, they scream for a Captain Helmsman, but then you only have one cargo space left to rate coins, and that's what makes the cost go pretty high. So it's, it's pretty tough to use, in my opinion. Yeah, Lord Linton just doesn't have base stats that match with her ability. She's just too confused, and as a result, she ends up kind of not very good. Yeah. And we'll find a British ship, no, another English ship later, with basically the same ability, but much better capabilities for home island rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is the HMS Sultan. Uh, this one's really strange because all the uh, printed ranges are S, but it has the ability all of the ship's cannons have L range, yeah. which, so I guess they're all 3L guns, but they're sort of like a surprise, or I guess a surprise the first time if they don't read yeah. your cards. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not like terrible because it does yeah. have good cargo space, but it's not super fast. The guns aren't super accurate and it's not well priced. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's fairly priced. I don't think it's like too bad. Um, I actually like the ship um, because one, the cargo, and two, 
the cannon. So like sometimes um, that ability is pretty silly, but when the, all the guns are S, it makes them all L, which is kind of fun. So at least it's not totally wasting the ability. Um, I think it'd be a good ship to load up, especially with that cargo. You could load her up with equipment, like fire shot and exploding shot and stuff like that. And then, because then you'd have the L range with that equipment, um, and you have the cargo space to put, like, multiple shots for it. So it's kind of like a fun ship to kind of throw out there once in a while, but not, like, really competitive. That is a good point. I'd never thought of it as sort of a, um, not multi-purpose, but something that sort of got a specialty shot as an answer to every situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good um, idea. Uh, HMS Cumberland, this one is fantastic. One of the best uh, two masters the English got. Um, one of their best, like, tiny or, or small multi-purpose ships because of that negative ability drives the cost down. I usually do, like, Captain Helms with this. Um, that make, gives you 10 points. Um, you still have cargo left over for gold, decent move, and then good cannon. So really good for uh, for five points. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing... Uh, I mean, this would actually be the cheapest English ship out there, I think, if not for HMS Patagonia. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. Um, there's not much more to say about it than you said. I mean, it has a negative ability that isn't really all that consequential. Uh, it's got great armament, uh, good cargo space. Base move is kind of slow, but you can't expect all that much for five points. Yeah. Um, HMS Gibraltar, I erroneously stated recently, it was the fastest ship in the game. <laughs> it's still high paying, people. Don't be me. Don't get it wrong. Uh, but HMS Cumberland, or no, not HMS, Gibraltar is still a really good ship. Yeah. It is a home island raider. Um, it's really fast, well-armed. Cargo space isn't amazing. But when you don't really need to take your full haul if you can chase down everything else in the game. Mm-hmm. I think with uh, Rise of the Fiends uh, Griffin, the promo one, Plus somebody like Hermione Gold, you can basically get this thing to 5S move. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. one is really good. I like this ship a lot. It has just enough cargo uh, to take advantage of the ability with a captain. Um, and then it has good guns. It's just a good overall ship. Sometimes, mm-hmm. kind of like with the Raven, sometimes you won't want to spend like double-digit points on a ship that only has two masks. But if you can afford it, it'll probably be quite an effective one for you. Yep, Gibraltar is fantastic. Love her. Yeah, yeah, really good ship. Uh, HMS Alexander, this is another two-master. This completes what I call like the, the English trio of two-masters from Crimson Coast that are really good, uh, at least for the square race. Then we have the even better one next. But um, the Alexander mm-hmm. uh, is just a basic gold runner. Um, not much else to say. Usually put a Helmsman or an Explorer aboard. Um, they don't have many purpose-built uh, like gold runners so this one is is one of those which is nice to see sometimes Mm -hmm. um you could almost argue that she's a multi-purpose ship because if you compare to a a ship like executioner from revolution her guns aren't as good nor is her ability but she does have a faster base move Mm -hmm. yep so worthy of consideration and strangely a good english gold runner yeah yeah and uh then Lady Provost was actually the ship that I mentioned earlier. It is a home island raider. It's got a good move. It's got great cargo space. So it's ultimately a better home island raider than I think maybe any other ship we've seen in this set. It is super expensive, 
but if you give her something like a helmsman, she's probably amongst uh, the best uh, home island raiders out there, especially for the English. Yeah, yeah, this is one of their best uh, gold runners overall. I usually um, use her like as a gold runner. She can pick up like with a helmsman, she could pick up five coins um, at once, which is really nice for them. Um, but yeah, the, the combination of cargo speed and ability is just great. And it makes her pretty much worth the point cost in most, uh, most games. Um, so mm -hmm. one, easily one of the best, uh, English gold runners. Uh, HMS Swiftsure is next. This one is decent. Um, it, it wants to be like an effective, um, uh, support gunship, but with one cannon for 10 points, the price just doesn't work out. Um, the speed and the cargo and the ability are all pretty nice. For a support gunship, it only has one mass, but the the point cost. If it was maybe like seven, it would be it would be better. But it's it's a little pricey for the firepower. Yeah, and honestly, there's also the fact that that ability doesn't matter on one mass trips. Wizkids did not learn their lesson. That ability will always be bypassed on one master ships by ramming. Yeah, exactly. Always. Yep. Um, Captain uh, Percival Blake. Uh, same thing as we were talking about earlier. This yeah. is basically Jeffrey Flores, but one point more expensive. Yeah. Yeah, nothing too exciting. He could be used maybe on, like, the Gibraltar has uh, 2S guns, so you could do broadside mm -hmm. attack with that ship maybe and still keep yep. spaces open. Yep, absolutely. Uh, another five point. Oh, wait, never mind. Sorry. I got confused. You continue. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, this one. I just call them cargo without the A for an abbreviation. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, good. the Fleet Admiral crew, um, cargo, uh, really good crew overall. Um, and then they got another one in uh, Caribbean with Beckett, which is nice. So really great for campaign games. Almost never worth it in the standard 40-point format. Mm -hmm. I just think cargo for Commodore Reeves Griffin Owen is funny. Yeah. I think I, I think I did it because uh, I was abbreviating it in Vassal with Xerix, and uh, I just didn't want to type out Owen or, like, the whole name, so I just said C-R-G-O, like, all caps, like, cargo, like, whatever. Or, you know, you might be able to do just kind of abbreviate, or maybe not abbreviate, but C-O-R-G-O, so Corgo, lowercase yeah. O. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, because I guess Corgis are the royal pets. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm grasping his draws here, but he's uh, the English lapdog. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dr. Forbes Beatty, uh, basically it's the same thing as the ship's crew cannot be eliminated, but from more points. Yeah. Um, at least that's how I take it. Do you yeah. know of any kind of situations where it really is different? Um, not really different. It's actually, uh, there's a weird combo with, um, with the following crew, Cameron, the cabin boy. Um, mm -hmm. so basically, it's like a three-point crew that when you reveal it, you can bring in a two-point crew. Um, so it's a weird thing where if you get, I guess, quote-unquote lucky, I mean, you wouldn't be lucky to have your crew eliminated, but if you are if you choose Cameron the Cabin Boy for elimination from an opponent, um, you can flip him multiple times <laughs> to bring an extra crew, but it's, it's so situational and unlikely to happen that it's mostly irrelevant in like 99.9% .9 of games. But it, it Wait. is a combo, I guess. But it's, it's a key one. I've just had an idea here. Uh -huh. What if you paired Cameron the Cabin Boy with Dr. Forbes Speedy and you had a uh, sat captain on board? I, yeah, that doesn't work because they have to... No? Uh, it has to stay eliminated or whatever. 
So instead, <laughs> yeah, that it, it doesn't work. That it's been a rules question like multiple times. It's a good idea, but it doesn't. It'd be too overpowered to pull off. Yeah, honestly, I mean that would be. I mean, what would that end up being? Probably sort of. It might also be a little bit too expensive to be yeah. worthwhile. Yeah, I think the main problem is. Uh, Considering with you Beatty, can get the micron stuff for ten yeah, points. Yeah, with Beatty, um, it says turn it face down. But for the for the ship that is sacking, to get that extra action, the crew has to stay eliminated. By turning it face down, you're not like fully eliminating the crew from the game because it's still yeah. Game. That's the problem. So, yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah. So I talked oh. about Cameron. Uh, I'll just do Bradley real quick. This is the English mm-hmm. zero R plus five, just like the Hag of Tortuga. And the other ones we'll see. Um, so not really much of a comment here. but mm-hmm. um, Then since there's not much to say, why don't you start for Brompton? Yeah. Yeah, this one, uh, one of the two English forts. Um, I like it. I like Ramsgate a lot better from Revolution. Uh, it's a really unique fort. But, but Brompton is good. Um, it's pretty average as forts go. Um, but then there's not much else to say. But I, I just love forts in general. So I like using it. Yeah, I'm going to say it's inferior to Dead Man's Point because you yeah. don't want to take any ship out of action, no matter how cheap, to get that bonus. Yep, exactly. Unless it's in a huge game and you can afford to oh, yeah. throw uh, Jolly Mon there. Yeah, yeah, just and like a guard ship, yep. And there's still probably better uses of Jolly Mon. <laughs> um, I'll start with uh, El Neptuno. Uh, this, okay... This is a really interesting ship because she's got potential as both a very strange gunship and a gold runner. So maybe she's a really big, really weird multi-purpose ship. Yeah. Um, one of these days, I'm going to come up with a fleet that focuses on her. But until then, this is going to kind of be one of those weird novelties. Yeah. Yeah, I like this ship. Um, I just got it recently. Um <laughs> I want to use it, but the main one of the masts is like super loose, so I can't even like move the ship without falling out. But um, yeah, um, but I think it's super interesting. Um, like you said, it's kind of weird. It's kind of famous as like a sniping ship, and then you can try to stack cannon bonuses on it from like different sources of bonuses to make more than just the six hit. Um, but yeah, it does have the cargo and the points and the base move to make it a decent hybrid if you don't put too many crew aboard. Um, the mm-hmm. next one is El Argonada. This is the other Spanish five master from this set. Um, unlike uh, Neptuno, this one is uh, pretty terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. One of the worst ships ever that had broadside attack. Um, a lot of people don't like this ship at all because it. I mean, it's not very good. Um, the the one thing I like doing is like in a in a much larger game, like 100 points or more, just throwing on a helmsman, just basically making like a super durable like offensive build runner. But that's not, it, I mean, that's not even that good of an idea. It's just, there's nothing else to do with her. I think, honestly, that might have been the idea the WizKids had when they made this ship, because yeah. she's not a good warship. Broadside's attack is good with low-rank cannons, not high-rank cannons. Yeah. So I think the idea is that maybe she's supposed to be used exactly as you just described, but her size and the small the small tiny chance of taking a uh, full broadsides attack from the ship is additional deterrent. Yeah. It's because funny. Yeah, sorry. If you did land one, it would be hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> BA, this ability BA is sometimes worth like four or five points. I think it would be 
if this ship was 10 points with no ability, I mean, that would totally change everything. I mean, that would mm-hmm. be fantastic, you know? But, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. La Santa Ana. Was it my turn or was it yours? Oh, your turn. Oh, it's it my turn. Okay. La Santa Ana is basically like a not-so-good version of La Jolla del Sol. Yep, exactly. Yep. She's not. She's really not terrible because La, La Jolla is one of the best Spanish gold runners. But La Santa Ana is, I'd say it's probably still nothing too special in this set because there were there's what like shadow earlier that was quite similar yeah yeah it um, just kind of seems like stock for a master yeah i think it's quite good because the cargo it's a pretty good durable gold runner um but mm-hmm. like i said in my spanish uh uh spanish review on youtube my uh series i do like a review of all the ships in crew beach faction i said like if if the hoya didn't exist the ship would be pretty famous but uh, when you have a, almost the same thing for two more cargo, it's just not going to get attention. Um, the next one, Matthias Bospero. This one, um, there's an interesting thing. I don't know if you saw it on the subreddit, because I know you were there. Um, somebody talked about how uh, somebody they knew was the reason the ship is named Matthias Vespero. So mm-hmm. I think they had a friend at like a convention where WizKids was, and they won like a, a tournament or something, and then they got to name a ship. So that, I think that's why this name is here, I'm pretty sure. I'll, I'll have to pull that up sometime. But it's that's kind of really incredible. cool. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to hear about that stuff in, like, 2017. Um, it, kind of, yeah, it kind of reminds me of, I don't remember what the ship's name was, Abomination from uh, Fire and Steel? Yeah, there were some exclusive stuff, Fire and Steel, that have people's names on them, like the design or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, overall, By the way, though. This ship is extremely average for a four master. Um, she was just launched in Command the Oceans recently, but other than that, I don't really have anything else to say about her. Yep, honestly, she's just kind of a stock four mast gunship, is what she is. Yep. Like she just basically looks like every single set's uh, SE edition box ships. Yeah, true. Yep. Yep. Um, El Rayo or Rayo Rayo. I'm going to say Ryo. Yeah, I think so. Uh, kind of the opposite of, um, <laughs> what was that one ship? Mermaid, maybe? The, the opposite ability. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, Scepter. Yeah, that was it. Uh, not well armed. Not a good cargo space. Not cheap. I guess kind of fast. And uh, the ability is just too situational. Yeah. Not a good ship. No, the point cost is way too high. Both of these abilities were overcosted. Um, I actually made a, a six-point ship. Yeah, I made a custom called El Trueno um, a while back <laughs> to like complement it. Cause it's kinda, it seems like that ship would have been released at some point because this is only the second set. They had so much time to to make like a sister ship, but whatever. Um, That's not a reference to Initial D, is it? Wait, what was that? It's not a reference to Initial D, is it? I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. Probably a little bit too niche. It's a weird show that I watched a while ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. La Trinidad, this one. This is one of my oldest ships, but she's never impressed me. Um, the ability and the cargo are solid. Um, not too expensive, but, I mean, you're just not you're just not very, getting a very good package. You're, you're not getting much of anything for the nine points. Yeah, you're right. It's it looks like it's supposed to maybe be a boarding ship because it's got that ability and it's got 
you know, a good cargo hold, but it's just not fast enough and it's not cheap enough to quite make good use of that. Yeah. Um, La Bahama is next, I believe. <laughs> nope. Yeah. We've seen better Home Island Raiders in this set. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like this ship at all. Um, she doesn't really have much going for her. I don't I don't really get this ship at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, Agreed. Moving on, uh, El San Francisco. See? This one is actually really great. Uh, one of the better Spanish two-masters. It pretty much has good or great stats in all categories. Um, similar to the London, though, the ability is really situational when touching a pirate ship, you can take the treasure, but, um, but outside of the ability, though, just great, just great stats, which makes her a very good, uh, hybrid ship. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, well, I guess one word would be bueno because she's Spanish, but <laughs> I mean, what do you, what do you complain about? Even if you took away that situational niche weird ability, no. she'd still be amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Just good, period. Mm-hmm. Um, El Montanez. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it. <sighs> I struggle to see any situation in which this ability is any good. Good gunship, but outside of that, bleh. Yeah. Yeah, I find this one hard to use because... Uh, once you start putting that Captain Helmsman aboard, she pretty much needs both. Um, you get into 14 points, and then uh, you only have one space left for that trade. Uh, the, the ability just doesn't really help her. It'd be better if she had a more like gunship-type ability. Like, if she was 8 points eliminated, like a crew, once we're turning on a hit, then it would be great. But kind of middle yeah. of the road, as is. So. Yeah. Basically, uh, when you scene. compare it to San Francisco, it's... Oh, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the next one, El San Salvador. Uh, this one um, is similar um, to the Cutlass uh, pirate ship from uh, Revolution. But anyway, I like uh, this. Is just another ship I like. I just love like two masted schooners that have good fast paced moves and good cannons. And there were a lot of those in Crimson Coast and Revolution. So this is just another fun one. I just I just like ships like these a lot. They just I, there's nothing to complain about. And uh, that ability is actually slightly underrated especially going up against, like, Paradis de la Mer or something like that, you can totally neutralize, like, a powerful fort with, like, a small ship, which is fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this ship has her uses in the right situation, but if you did need to neutralize Paradis de la Mer, you'd want, uh, there was, like, a three-mast version of this that belonged to another faction earlier in their set, wasn't there? Yeah, the pirates have the Windjammer. Um, it's a pretty good ship, but... For the Spanish, yeah. this one is—it's a pretty good ship, pretty good sport gunship. Fair enough. Though in most situations, you probably wouldn't use her over Francisco again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, La Rosario. <laughs> uh, I guess this thing is supposed to be like a ship that rams over and over again. So if you could find a crew that paired with that, this would be good. But uh, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Um... I basically, the two uses I like for her are an empty gold runner. Um, Spain has better ones for the point cost, but she's not bad. The speed and cargo for the cost isn't bad. And then the other usage is like a flotilla tug because the base move is oh, yeah. affected. So something like that would be a decent roll. Not the best ship for it, but pretty solid. Yeah, that is a good point. I think she's kind of underrated with time. 
but still not like a top tier option for any role you would want her for. Um, mm-hmm. Next one. Um, this Pronunciation. Guy, yeah, I'm not going to bother with the name right now, but um, uh, extra action for six points, just like Crimson Angel, so over overcosted, um, but still a great ability. So, I mean, it's worth at least six points, if not seven or eight. So, a good yep. You said it, and I'm also going to try to say it. El Duque, uh, El Duque Rafael de Moreno y Rivera. Yeah, nice. That's great. That's that's my best attempt, and you're not going to get anything more from me. Yeah. Uh, Contessa Anita More, another uh, another build limit booster. We've said what we need to about those. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to hop on ahead to Inquisitor Sebastian Blanco, yeah. another two-point reducer and equally kind of... Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've used him yet in a game. I haven't found like a Spanish ship that would need that uh, situation. But um, and then moving on, we got another Doctor crew. This one is Urbano Javier. Um, if you're seeing the database, he has a very impressive beard. Um, but other than that, I don't see uh, anything that is interesting about him. Yep, nothing fresh about this over Doctor Beatty. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Augustine Kovas. Uh, is this ability worth four points? Uh, not to me, no. I think two, no. three. Two, yeah, isn't there like a two or three point option in another set? I think some of them were three. Um, it was like, I don't know, it's it's strange because um, I didn't know this until like last year. Wolf talked about it in the Wolf in the rules writer. Maybe it was this year, but it, icebergs aren't considered like as part of the terrain, it was like a retroactive, like, edit? I don't know, it's very confusing. Like, supposedly people were supposed to know that the old abilities of this were ex- supposed to, like, exclude icebergs, but it only says islands, so it makes no sense. Um, and that just yeah. makes the ability worse. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say no more than three, definitely. And even two, um, it wouldn't see usage a lot. I think it would be quite good if, um, if you could string terrain together, which is a a fantastic house rule that a lot of people have used and I, I do use that all the time. But, uh, other than that, not worth the points. Yep. Uh, what do you think? El Castillo del Infanta. I, I like it. Um, I pretty much like all forts, um, except for, well, actually the two that I don't like as much are coming up. Um, but this one, the cannons are very accurate, but you have five of them and, and you can, can re-roll. shoot one of them. Yeah, exactly. So for three gold, it's, it's, it's pretty solid. Um, we'll see Spain's best fort in the next set, but at least they got two here. And because they got two here, they actually have three total, which is more than anybody else got. The other factions got two or one. The Americans only got one. So I think it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. El Puerto Blanco, because um, I don't really have anything else to add on to that, is... Uh, mm, this is weird. It's another one of those where you have to kind of waste a ship to give yeah. this thing its full ability, and it's not super well-armed. Um, I mean, maybe if you had another, if, like, the ship that was there also had the ability to, you know, look at things on other islands, but mm-hmm. that might not be legal. Yeah. Um, this one is, like I was just alluding to, this is one of the forts I don't like as much. It's very, it's it's pretty weak, so it would be, it doesn't have a lot of firepower, and then you can eliminate it pretty quickly with, uh, with like, four hits. Um, and then the ability is kind of weird. I don't really like, 
um, abilities that seem kind of unrealistic. The flavor text does explain it, but I haven't really, I don't think I've used that ability in a game yet, maybe once or twice, but not really. So it's, it's like, it is a weird port and not one of my favorites, actually, like, unlike the other ones. So. Um, yeah. Moving on, La Magnifique, this one, I'm glad I get to talk about this one. This is my first five master ever got. Uh, one of my oldest ships, uh, she was France's flagship for a long time in my uh, collection. It's actually a pretty solid ship, too, in, in terms of actual gameplay. Um, it's It wastes some points on Broadside's attack, like some of the other ships in this set, like the Argonauta and Ranger. But with that all that cargo and pretty decent guns, um, you have a ton of options uh, for named crew or hybrid-type options and things like that. So it's a fun ship to consider, and I think it's a really beautiful one, too. Yeah, I used to have this ship until I broke it. But, yeah, very, very pretty ship and viable despite the fact that her ability makes her a bit expensive. Yeah. Uh, La Ville de Paris is next. More well-armed, uh, not quite as good cargo space, uh, cheaper but also slower. Defensive ability. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's a little bit more tanky. Oh, yeah. You're definitely. not... You're not looking at something like uh, El Corazado here, yeah. but what you're getting is actually quite nice if you throw a captain and helmsman, maybe some other stuff on board. Yeah, yeah, I like this ship quite a lot. Um, it has a really nice defensive ability. Um, I just love this ship. And it's also um, based on um, the real ship, which fought um, was at the Battle of the Saints in 1782. So I, lo I love my naval history. So I love seeing this ship in the game, and I was really excited to get her. But yeah, I, I like this ship because it's it, it reminds me of historical ships, because realistically, these huge men of war would be slow, and they wouldn't take damage with every hit, and they'd be pretty uh, well-armed. So I, th I, like, I like it a lot because it's historical, um, because it actually did exist. There was a real ship, um, and also it was a ship of the line, and it, uh, the, the stats and ability reflect like what... Uh, like a three-decker would actually kind of perform like in the game, so it's not a it's not a wicked good uh, offensive option, but it, I just I just love the ship uh, for the reasons I talked about. So. Uh, yeah. The next one, uh, Le Dauphine Royale. This one is quite good, probably the best of the three the French got in their first set. This was the set that French were introduced, and in. I should have said that in the intro. Um, so they're the new factions. They got a lot of ships. Um, this one is quite good has a nicer point cost. It's kind of cheap for the cargo and firepower you get. The ability is uh, mostly irrelevant, but it's quite a good ship and also pretty like the other ones. Yeah, uh, I'm not really super wowed, but considering what else you can get for about this point cost at this size, she's probably... I mean, she doesn't have quite as good hold space as some of her competitors but she definitely has better armament yeah mm -hmm. uh, aside from that there really isn't a lot to say uh, so I'll move on to La Possession I mean okay decent ability but you are looking at still a very average ship mm -hmm. yeah that's what I think yeah uh, this one is I think it's pretty good. Um, it's a uh, yeah. There's not a lot to say. It's, it's a pretty basic um, gunship, but it's it, it does pretty well in that role at least. So uh, the mm -hmm. next one, Old Hercules. This one, um, this one's a really weird ship. Unlike the last couple, 
It stands out. It's got a massive 22-point cost because of that ability, which is not worth all those points it adds. I think maybe 17 or 18 would be totally fine. The cargo space does hold it back. I think 5 would be fine at 22 points. It's just really expensive, but um, it's better... Um, like 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 some of the other ships, like campaign games, when you can afford the points. But in in most games, this thing is just going to be way too expensive to justify uh, using. But one thing I'll note: the the new, not new, but the oarsman keyword was adjusted. Um, so if you put an oarsman on the Hercule, um, it's basically not derelict. Um, so then she can keep shooting with no masts. So, then if, you're, so if you're a captain, yes, yeah, so you're dismasted. Uh, this ship is dismasted with a captain, helmsman, and oarsman. You can still move SS and fire all four shots, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, too bad you can't also put a uh, musketeer on there. Give yeah. yourself even more firepower that you can keep shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this is the single most expensive four-mast ship in the game that's not a... Uh, switchblade. Uh, yeah, not a switchblade or maybe even a bombardier. I don't remember what they're... I think there's one of those that might have been 23. Um, yeah, this is a really weird one. Yeah. I do want to find a use for it because it's so outrageously expensive. But I'll, I'll see about that in time. Mm-hmm. Um, next is Le Saint-Michel. Or Michel? Michel? Mm-hmm. Quick. Uh, basically, I think she's got everything going for her to make use of her ability except her cargo space, which is just inadequate. Yeah. Yeah, this one I'm not too excited about. Um, the speed is really nice, but other than that, quite average. Uh, the next one, Duke de Bourgoin, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right. This one, uh, it's all right. Kind of similar to the previous ship. Nothing really stands out too much. Nice 3L cannon at the front and decent cargo, but um, pretty pretty average 3 master. Yeah, I'd say she's basically just on the cheap side of uh, multi-purpose three-mast ships. And if you compare her to a ship like HMS London, she's inferior. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Le Marseille? I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced that anyway. I have no idea. Uh, too expensive for what she is. Mm-hmm. Pretty good in every every format. I'd say honestly, though, she's an eleven point ship. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I, I would agree. Um, I I do like the ship. Um, I think the the cargo, the speed, and that two L gun at the front are all kind of nice attributes. But overall, it's a little underwhelming for the point cost. But not a bad ship. Um, next one, yeah, August. Um, this one is pretty similar to the Gilded Monkey that we saw earlier. Um, just a little faster, kind of like a French version of that ship. I just realized, I didn't realize mm-hmm. how similar they were before. Uh, but oh, yeah, wow, yeah. Um, yeah, um, same armament, a weird a weird armament, bad guns, except for a 2L in the middle, and then a home island rating ability. Not a bad one. Uh, kind of just tough to use. Kind of like a kinda like a weird, pricey hybrid, sort of. Yeah, Um I'd say the only difference between this and Gilded Monkey is I think Gilded Monkey was a schooner and was one more yeah. point. Yep. And that's the difference. But otherwise, they're both kind of, you look at them and you go, uh, 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 for about four minutes before you <laughs> don't use that ship. Yeah, that, I've had that experience pretty much. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Lorient, another Fort's kind of hit this ship thing. Um, 
not very fast, but again, in the right situation, I imagine she's invaluable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's all right. I like the other uh, ships like this with that ability better. I just don't mm-hmm. like average ships. So since she's average in every other way, I just I won't like her. Mm-hmm. Whereas the next ship, I doubt you feel the oh, same way about. Yeah, I love. I love. Yeah, this is one of my favorite French ships in the game. I was actually going to make a post about it too, because I was mm-hmm. using it in Command the Oceans, and I just uh, I always have a good time using this ship. Um, has a nice ability. It has the speed and the car space to take advantage of the ability and maybe raid enemy gold runners. Um, you could send it out as a hybrid. I'm using it right now as just a resource gatherer in my campaign game. You could even use it as a decent gunship, but you probably want to get gold at the same time because uh one of the cannons is rank four and uh it's not super well armed but i I just absolutely love this ship it's really cool i look at this and see a really good boarding ship because she's quick she's got fantastic cargo space and a good ability for the kind of ship that you'd want to uh to uh, board with because you wouldn't want to get pinned and stuck to the ship you've just tried to board Mm -hmm. exactly if they decided to fly back instead of run yeah. Yep. Um, La Cleopatra. Mm, so it's another home island raider, but it's got. <laughs> Wait, I look at this and I compare it to uh, what was it? Uh, Le August or was it Le, yeah. uh, Le Marseille? August. Whichever one we were just talking about. This yeah. is like that, but it's got better armament and it's a little bit cheaper. Yeah, and then it has less less cargo and slower move, so it's just like a trade off, basically. Yeah, the trade-off is still a kind of not great ship. Yeah, the Auguste is better for gold and raiding. Uh, the Cleopatra is better at offense, pretty much, but not really mm-hmm. a good ship at all, for the most part. Yep. Uh, La Provence, uh, this one, um, I like the speed and the guns, but I'm, um, it just leaves a little bit to be desired. I like the schooners with these stats better. I don't know, I'm kind of, I'm really, really, I'm really, Discovering how biased I am towards them, I love the two massive schooners from these two sets, this and mm-hmm. me, but uh, it's a it's a solid sport gunship, but nothing too exciting, really. Yeah, um, I'm agreeing with you that the smaller schooners are typically very pretty ships. Um, this is, if she had a slightly better ability, she'd probably be more considerable, but as is, don't think so. She's just that close to being really good. Uh, Lintrepide, one of my favorite gold runners ever, because I think mathematically she's like the second most point effective uh, gold runner in the game because she's got an above average move and hold and really kind of a pretty low point cost. Yeah, yeah, this one's fantastic. Definitely a staple of competitive play. Um, I've seen it a lot in Vassal Tournament number two because it's so good. Um, nothing really to complain about. It even has the guns to be uh, a hybrid if you put a captain aboard, but usually mm-hmm. it's a gold runner. Um, yeah. Next one, well, Amazon. This one, I like a lot. I have a soft spot for this ship because it was one of my first uh, French ships ever back in my original collection. Um, overall, it definitely doesn't stand up to the Intrepide, but it's uh, it's a pretty solid gold runner. Um, overall, if a little bit pricey for the overall return you get. Yeah, it's basically the same. It's got the same you know, gold running capabilities, but it's almost twice as expensive. Yeah. Um, Le Mercure, or Mercure, don't know how. Yeah. It's 
It's another one of those uh, two-masted schooners, but she's really fast and well-armed and has an okay ability, if an unfitting one. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, this is another one of my original ships, so I have another soft spot. Kind of like I consider this ship, it's like the Raven, but with two less cargo for one less point. So it's mm-hmm. not nearly as much of a hybrid, but it's still a pretty solid um, offensive pest weapon. Um <laughs> So, yeah, the, the guns are nice. You don't really need a helmsman with that speed, so the captain would be a good little support gunship. Uh, mm-hmm. Next one, Artesian. This one is uh, one of the best French gold runners they have. Um, really great great speed, very good cargo for a one master, and uh, a fair cost, especially when you throw in that overpriced ability. But um, still a great gold runner, though. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, she you could say that she's better. She's like a more expensive version of Banshee's Cry, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like she's five points more expensive, but she does move a little bit further and doesn't have a debuff. Yeah. Um, Le Solitaire. Oh, I'm the one who gets to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> expensive, useless ship. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. This is probably the worst ship uh, ever. Um. <laughs> <laughs> terrible um it's funny because like if you made the worst there's a scenario or there's a thing captain cat captain mike i don't know if he invented it but you can you can make the worst fleet you ever can and then <laughs> cast it off to the next player this oh, would be like oh, one we, of the best ships to use in that uh scenario but my play group was literally talking about doing that uh i don't nice. think we read about that online yeah. but but yeah we're gonna do that at some point we're gonna give yeah. each other the worst fleets we can uh one of my plans is to give a um okay wait so after the first oarsmen do the do duplicate oarsmen take up cargo space or no yeah they do ah dang because i was gonna give somebody a uh the worst 20 point ship i could find with the hold filled up with oarsmen yeah yeah my the worst fleet ever for me is this ship lay solitaire and then 23 oarsmen thing on so that kind of defeats the purpose of the extra 23 points but oh well um next one they calibri calibri whatever um this one is actually really terrible um it's weird because they got the artesian is good solitaire is terrible calibri not as nearly as bad um but 10 point, 10 point it's crazy that uh that what makes solitaire so bad is that this ship, the Colibri, is 10 points less, but then um, it's still terrible. So that puts it in perspective just how bad the Solitaire is. Um, the ship just can't do anything because she can't do offense. And then if you put a Helmsman aboard to run gold, you have an easily rammable ship for nine points with only two spaces left over. So it's not good at all. It's a bad ship uh, made expensive by a good ability. Yeah. Yep. Um, Amiral Stéphane Dupuis. Uh, okay, at least this one's on track with the correct point cost for the ability. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, the next one. Oh, I think this was my first uh, French named crew, actually. Um, you, he has no pupils. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that before. Interesting. Um Basically, you get SAT and then plus one against plus one to cannon rolls against English um, for five points. Which for the French, um, they don't. I don't know. I mean, they have good name crew, but this is actually a really good one. Um, the SAT ability is worth 
at least five points by itself, like realistically. So it's actually a really great crew, um, regardless of how much extra you have to pay to get that ability. Yeah, I don't think I'd use it over any better sad crew, though. Yeah, true. If if there are any that you can get with just that ability for the French, we'd have to check. Yeah, uh, we're coming up on one, actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vicomtesse Angelique de Rochelieu, uh, another five, wait, no, this isn't the five-point booster. Um, I thought she was. Oh, yeah, it's easy to get them mixed up. Yeah, I think I must have. Okay, uh, as I was saying, mm, not sure this is a three-point crew, maybe two points. Yeah, yeah, I think two is fine. I think it was a, I want to say it might be a two-point crew somewhere, I can't remember though, but yeah. But yeah, I think... Yeah. I used to get them mixed up, too, because the French have, like, three or four female crew with, like, extremely long names. So it's hard <laughs> to remember which one is which. Yeah. They, they look similar, too. So um, next one, Claude Perrier. Uh, this is a two-point, like, recruiter crew, as they're called, uh, just like Cameron the Cabin Boy. So extremely situational. Uh, not Not a great option. I don't see a lot of uses for them, but whatever. I don't see any whatsoever. Um, and because we've talked about one of those before, I'll let you start Monsieur Lenoir. Yes, another cancellor. Um, I kind of briefly talked link. about how great cancellers are with uh, Nemesio Diaz from Spanish Maine. Um, so that continues here. Um, there's nothing to complain about. Just just one of the best abilities in the game, plain and simple. So. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky that this one's not paired with any unnecessary fluff abilities. Yep, exactly. Although the link isn't as good as they get. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, it's Vicomte Jules de Sissi that is uh, France's five-point booster. We don't need to talk about that, so I'll skip to Philippe de Brissac. Uh, Two-point reducer. Uh, do you mind if I skip this one as well? Yeah, that's fine with me. Okay. Capitaine Avertiel. Sat and captain. And five points. Basically, he's the French... Uh, what French Blackheart, Blackheart or Phantasma? Yeah, Blackheart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sack what captains are, are great. So he just he really makes the French more viable and like competitive builds, things like that. Um, yeah. Okay, I get to talk about Saint Pierre. Um, so yeah, I, I alluded to the forts I don't like as much. This is the other one along with the Puerto Blanco. This was actually my first fort, and it was my only <laughs> the only one I had for a while. But it's one of the worst. Um, it's not well-armed. It has five guns, but they're not super accurate. And that has a weird ability. If a ship docks to the sword and loads at least four gold, if it can be given a second action that turn. I don't think I've ever used that yet, and I've used this fort um, a reasonable number of times. And I, it's tough to, it's tough to happen randomly. And then, then if you seek it out, that second action, I don't know. It's just, it's just so like random and irrelevant most of the time. Yeah, I look at this and I just think to myself, this is like a worse version of that one Spanish fort that we looked at earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think not. Yeah. Uh, scurvy. An interesting one, but probably not as exciting as Unique Treasures go. Yeah, yeah, I haven't really used this one too much. Er, I don't know. I don't remember if I even have this one yet. I might, but I don't, yeah, I don't even know. Um, Probably. Yeah, it's okay. Plague is much more kind of overpowered, but also more exciting. Um, mm-hmm. The next one, Letter of Mark, this one is really cool. 
So you can dock an enemy Hawaiian and be given repair actions there. And also, <laughs> forts cannot fire on the ship unless the ship fires on them first. So this is a really cool, unique treasure. It's also really thematic, thinking about uh, privateers and things like that back in the Age of Sail. So it's a really cool UT that they did. Um, it gets uh, pretty interesting with different abilities. How would this interact with a home island raider? Yeah, I mean, you still have to... Um, you still have to if leave on the next raid, turn. Yeah. yeah, that's the problem. You still have to leave if you can on the next turn. I guess you Does could... Does that mean you could repair, 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 and then on the turn of your last repair, you can steal? Uh, maybe. I don't know. The, the, the ability says dock, so I don't know if you have to move away first. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question, though. There's a ton of questions you could come up with for this one. Some of them are Wolf, in the pirate code, if you're listening. probably not all of them. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we can yeah. ask them. Um, after letter of mark is buried treasure. That's the sound I make when I'm reading it because I'm trying to catch up. Uh, this is the same as that one rum, unique treasure from Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't think this one's all that exciting. Yeah. No, I, I prefer the other versions of it more. It's not yeah. too good or anything. So. Yep. Dry powder? Uh, yep. Uh, I think this was my first unique treasure, actually. Um, it's pretty solid. I like it. Um, I like the Age of Sail and like the Royal Navy and stuff, so it kind of fits my theme a little bit as a player. Extra shoot action, but um, it's not it's not amazing, but it's it's a fun one. I think it's cool, but odds are your treasure runner is going to find it, not your gunship. Yeah, yeah, that happens all the time with offensive uh, UTs, so yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so I think that one's, you find it and you're going to go, well, I wish I'd known. Yep. Um, trees. <laughs> uh, this one is so weird. <sighs> I mean, it's good if you need it, but yeah. I think it's... <clears throat> Almost impossible to find a situation in which you need it. Yeah, this one is so interesting. Um, I would say, I would estimate that like, I don't know, maybe like 19 times out of 20, you'll be really annoyed to find it. That's my experience. I've used this. This is another UT that's been in my collection <laughs> for a while. So you'll see it and be like, oh, come on. Like, especially if it's like early in the game and like your gold runner finds it. It's like, it's such a waste and you get so annoyed with it. Um, then you'd leave it there. And you know it's there, and then the entire game you know it's there, and then you still don't want it or need it. And then once in a great while, you'll find an opportunity. Like, I was playing a 500-point game where, like, a ship needed to repair. It was, like, some big flagship, and she was, like, far from her home island. And I think she used this. I can't remember, though. I think she might have done something else. But And then in an eight-player multiplayer game at the end of uh, Vassal Tournament number one with Xerix, I think I had a... Uh, like a two-masted galley, and I I can't remember exactly, but I think um, she got dismasted, but then she was able to row to the island and either had an explorer or the island had already been explored. So then trees got the mast back up immediately, and then I was able to like use like an extra action to like move away twice at like six s speed on the next turn to like escape like a like an obvious like sinking. So. <laughs> Like, That's yeah, like 19 times out of 20, you'll be pretty much like angry to find it and it'll be totally useless. And then like once every like two or three years, you'll be playing, it'll be like a lifesaver. So 
It's really weird. Yeah. Um, I can see it being good in a big game where you've got a heavily damaged 10 master, but yeah. mm, outside of that. Yeah. Um, Grease barrels, this one. Oh, I don't. I actually hate this one. I know that sounds harsh, but um, you load it face down, so it takes up the space. You turn it up to get plus L to move on only one turn, which is a one-time usage, and then you remove it. And then there's a, a one from uh, Savage Shorts called um, Fronda Fisaga, which does oh, yeah. face up. And then if you roll a five or six, you get plus LL. And then unless you roll a one or a two, you can keep it on your ship. So <laughs> this one is like, ah, it's just so lackluster. And even like Screw Engine from Mysterious Islands gives you two uh, move actions, which is also loaded face down, which in if it's loaded by a runner, that's pretty much always going to have faster than out speed. So you'll get a better benefit from that one so this one i'm i'm actually not a fan of yeah i mean you look at it and you think oh that's cool until you realize you could be carrying one or two more gold for that yeah exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. abandoned crew oh, i think it's really interesting it's kind of hard to find a situation in which in which they're important but yeah. you did have a recent fleet that made use of this didn't you yep yeah this one uh i have a weird history with this card uh, it was on my wants list for a long time. It was one of my w- most wanted game pieces. And I finally got it and started using it and realized how complicated it is because they're, they're considered treasure when they're face down, which is weird because you know their crew, but your opponents don't. And then, But then as soon as you flip them up, they're considered crew for all intents and purposes of like abilities and stuff. So I had a long... Uh, back and forth with Wolf and the Rules Thread. Like, yeah. multiple, I think it was multiple times. Like, I had, like, a huge post with, like, a ton of questions about this abandoned crew. <laughs> it gets, honestly, I would say it would be in my personal top five most confusing uh, game pieces ever. Um, kind of in a good way, because it's fun to think about the different, like, questions and how things are resolved. I like how it gets complex, but... Uh, <laughs> I still love the card and the, the abandoned crew aspect of things. It's cool, um, but it it gets pretty pretty intensive from a mental standpoint. Yeah, it's it's to me it looks just kind of overcomplicated and <laughs> mostly not very good. But in a couple of situations, it's got some interesting applications. Yeah, it's also fun if you think about like abandoned fire spot specialist or like. Like an abandoned named crew, like a merc, like an expatriate or something. I haven't really done that, but if you like, if you made like customs with it, that would be could be pretty crazy. Yeah. Um. um sorry. Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts on ghostly encounter? Or did um, was there? This was in Spanish Maine, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So we've already gone over this in the past. Yeah, I, I think, see. I think it's the same weird one, use yeah. for it. Yeah, I think it's the same, and I'm going to have to develop my weird fleet that uses this. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, guys, don't, don't steal my idea before I'm done working on it. It involves Balchuan, probably. Yeah. Uh, uh, Neptune's figurehead. Uh, I'll let you start this one, because okay. last two. Yep, this one is pretty wacky. Uh, it's, it's like really... one-off Eternal. Yeah. But it's better because the fully repaired part is really quick. Mm-hmm. It can save you a lot of turns, like especially with like a gunship or like a five-masted flagship. Um, I actually think it's overpowered. Um, to be able to do that, this would be worth... I mean, if Eternal is two points, this is probably worth four or five. So I think it's kind of overpowered to be on a unique treasure. It's kind of cool. Um, 
it's definitely cool. Um, it's really powerful. I haven't, I still haven't seen it used a ton, but, and then I had a weird one where I had, oh, I had, uh, man, it was one of the best games I've ever played. I don't know if you were, I don't know if you see all the battle report, but it was like a four player, a hundred point game or four fleets. And, uh, I think I had the saber, a switchblade with Captain Nemo and I had captured like an eternal crew maybe or something. Or no, or no, or no, yeah, I just had Nemo aboard, and then, but because of his expatriate keyword, I couldn't use this because of the mercenary uh, ability, so it's like, I had all these gross questions about that game too, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely really powerful and quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should consider talking about the new generic crew, specifically the... Uh, two varieties or so of shot specialists. What do you think of the chain shot specialist? Um, this one is one I really want to use more. I haven't used it much. Uh, I think it's it's decent in certain situations, but maybe like a, I guess a support gunship that needs to slow down a bigger gunship she can't really handle until help arrives on the next turn when you get a bigger ship in there. But uh, like I said, I just, I got to use it more really. I tried to combine this somehow with something that's got more range because it's limited to S. Because in theory, it would be fantastic if you could immobilize something from a range beyond, uh, you know, from beyond a range of your enemy's cannons. But I don't think that's possible. Yeah, I think maybe with the chain shot uh, equipment, because then it's not limited, but... Uh, oh, that's true. It'd still be tough to pull off, but you could try it at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, stink boss specialist. Uh, these are one of my favorites. Um, talked about it a bunch of times. I think stink pots are this and the stink pot shot are some of the best and most underrated values in the game for your points. Um, it's basically like a it's similar to a canceler, but then you spend way less points. Um, I just I'm never gonna stop like talking about how underrated they are. So. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to use them in my games uh, coming up soon or in my big campaign game, too, to prove further prove how effective they are. Yeah, yeah. because it's a fraction the cost of a canceler, but it's almost as effective. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. But, but, uh, where else? Um, can I start talking about Roanoke? Oh, absolutely, yep. Roanoke is one of my favorite ships, because well, obviously it's my first American ship because it's the first American ship. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she's anything ultra special, but she does have the ability to use, uh, you know, pirate crew. And because pirates have the best variety of unique abilities in the game for yeah. crew, it does make her in some ways really quite a good ship. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. I think. I do, I do love this ship, um, partly because of the cargo, and also because you can make her... She's one of the best American hybrids, because the Americans don't have a lot of good gold runners. Uh, most of their five masters are really brutally effective, like gunships, so this one is more of a hybrid, mm-hmm. which is fun. She reminds me a little bit of uh, Victoire from the same shi- from the same set. Um, yep. Similar cargo. almost Yeah, and kind of like reverse abilities a little bit, but... It's a it's a really good five master and a, a cool way to introduce the Americans. And then I'm gonna go on to the ghost ships, but they were pretty much the same um, as their versions um, from the main set. Basically, they were like promo 
ghostly versions of uh, of some of the different crew and ships. And there were a few like mm-hmm. little random things like ghostly vision, which is basically just an explorer, kind of weird. Um, I don't really have. I don't know if I have any of these. I might have one or two, but and then you get like um, a ghost captain, which is basically just a pirate captain. And then we finally get to numbers in the 300s, which is the Crimson Coast uh, quote-unquote mega, mega pack. Yeah, kind of misleading. Um, from it's not like the OE mega packs. There were no mega cards until uh, that set actually. But uh, the Providence is the first one. It's another great American ship. Um, uh, it's similar to the Roanoke. It's a good good option for a hybrid. It has the speed, the cargo, and the guns to pretty much be a multi-purpose ship. Um, the ability is okay, not too relevant. And then the point cost, though, is pretty great for what you get. So one of the best American ships. Yeah, she looks like she would be, if she had any less cargo space or move, She'd be one of those super generic, formulaic, you know, 11, 12 point, four mass, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But as is, she's actually a quite good balance of treasure runner and gunship. Yeah. And um, let's see. I'll start off the last ship in the set, Destiny, a third American ship. I think this is actually quite an interesting ship because uh, I think you could consider her basically a two-thirds scale version of El Argonada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... You're yeah. the Neptuno? Or... Or, yeah, is it Neptuno? The yeah, one the with... Yeah, uh, one, yeah. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I don't have this one yet. I have the Providence, which is kind of weird. I think I got it in a trade or an eBay lot, so I don't have the other two uh, game pieces from the pack. The Destiny, so I haven't, I haven't ever used her then. Um, it's kind of underwhelming, I guess for that point cost, the, the sniping firepower is decent, but in terms of actually being like a, an effective gunship or gold runner, she doesn't really do either well. So this ship has never really impressed me too much, but, uh, yeah, I think in theory, she'd make a pretty good flotilla tug. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be decent too. Yeah. Um, -hmm. any other thoughts on, uh, Crimson Coast before we end? Um, not much that I can think of. Um, it's not my favorite set, but I really do wish that I still had more of it. Yeah. Um, Crimson Coast was, uh, does have a special place in my heart still though, because for my fifth birthday party, I think it was mm-hmm. story time. I had a pirates party, which nice. was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I wanted revolution booster boxes, but my dad got Crimson Coast. And in hindsight, I'm actually kind of grateful because it's now easier to get revolution than it is Crimson Coast. Yep. So uh, it was just this really cool party where, you know, everything was super pirate themed. And nice. uh, that was fun. I'm just having a nostalgia trip and I'm having yeah. an inability to describe why it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's one of the it's definitely one of the best sets. Um, Spanish main Revo- uh, Crimson Coast and Revolution. Those three are generally my my top sets because they're most the most historical and uh, they're really good for gameplay and they're a lot of fun. And that's when I got into the game, like the original three sets. But uh, lately, actually, Crimson Coast and also South China Seas have kind of been my favorites in terms of like recent times. So I was pretty excited to do this. I thought this was a great set review. Uh, it did come in. Uh, like half hour under the last one is still long, but uh, mm-hmm. we might try to go even faster next time. But Revolution is another cool set we'll look at. 
And uh, in the meantime, uh, let us know your thoughts. Um, we might do some more custom reviews next time. Uh, we might do the Revolution set review. Um, we're still taking requests on the forums if you want to, uh, ideas you want us to talk about, things like that. And as usual, if you want to guest on an episode or even become a co-host, uh, just let us know and we'll fit you in. So thanks for listening. This was episode uh, six of the Pirate CSG podcast. And uh, this is Max fan Ben and uh, God Mason signing off for now. Good night. Uh,